1: Hey everyone, so good to be with you. My name is Ryan, and I'm really excited about this episode ahead as we have Pastor Imran Daniel with us. Imran is the Pastor of Multicultural Engagement at Northview Community Church, and I invited him to help me open the discussion and a new series on world religions and spirituality. Each month, we'll feature a different guest talking about a different world religion or a different type of spirituality. Today, we're talking about Sikhism breaking down exactly what the religion is all about and how Christians can love and respond to Sikhism and their values and beliefs in a Christ-centered way. Imran has a great story of how he got to where he is now, and he was able to speak into the gap of Sikhism and Christianity. We talk about how we have an opportunity to not just tell others about the Jesus that we know and love, but an opportunity to display our relationship with Christ in everything that we do. So thanks for joining us today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. With me today, we have Imran Daniel. Imran is the pastor of Multicultural Engagement at Northview Community Church, which is in Abbotsford, British Columbia. Now, Imran. Ryan. You're not born and raised in Abbotsford. So tell us a little bit about your life, your story. How did you come to faith? How did you get to the place where now you're a pastor at Northview in Abbotsford? Mm-hmm. That's, a was great,
0: that's a great question. So... Yes, uh, I was born and raised in Pakistan. I was raised in a Christian home. My parents uh, were Christians, and um, I would see them every morning get up and do their quiet time regularly. And it was just great seeing their model that my sisters and I, we ended up following their model too, even though we understood very little uh, when we read the Bible, because you're in like grades six, seven, eight, nine, right. whatever. Uh, so you just do, because this is something what we do as a family. So so anyway, I grew up in a Christian family, and I basically went to school first in Seattle because I was given a scholarship called Fulbright Scholarship, uh, which is basically a free education, which is great. I'm thankful for that. From there on, I, as I was finishing my program, a friend of mine told me like, hey, in 2010, they have Olympics in Canada, and you speak few languages. You just finished the course in hotel hospitality management, so you should be able to get a job there. So I was like, okay, that sounds pretty good deal. Uh, I applied, ended up coming out this way. And from there on, basically, I moved to Canada in 2008 and then worked in the hotel industry for about three years. But funny thing, because uh, my parents always wanted me to be a pastor when I was back home. grade nine, started in grade nine. And I was like, no, maybe not. Maybe later. We'll we'll just see how, how things go. And then when I moved out this way, that's exactly what I wanted to do because like I would just, like every night I would go to bed, I'll just have that desire and the passion, like this is uh, something I should be doing. And even like working in the hotels or restaurants uh, industry, like I'll talk to my coworkers about my faith and stuff. And often they'd be receptive to that. And uh, uh, other times they'd be like, all right, just they just walk away and won't say a thing, which is fine. So anyway, basically that's, how I ended up doing uh, ministry. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: incredible. That's a cool story. And one of the things that I I'm looking forward to us talking about today is Sikhism. And I, first, I want to say, say, did I say it right?
0: Can you say it again, please? Sikhism. Sikhism. That's right.
1: So it's not Sikhism. No. Like all no. growing up, I thought it was Sikhism. No.
0: Uh, well, that's just because. People just have a hard time how to pronounce it or yeah. um, even like certain other words in different other languages mm-hmm. it, It's just because you're... Uh, one example I can give you, like, for example, often people, my name is Imran, it spells I-M-R-A-N. Mm-hmm. So they will often say Imran. Imran right. No, if you don't say that, right. it's Imran. Imran, okay, Yeah, it just yeah. spells it that way.
1: If I ever say it wrong, just let me know. Okay? Absolutely. You know, just um, call me out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so it's not Sikhism, it is Sikhism. Sikhism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you spell it, and it may sound like it's C S I, Sikhism, but it's mm-hmm. Sikhism. Yeah.
1: So with that, though, how did you get into like, you, like uh, a knowledge of Sikhism, and you know, you have experience with people? Would you say people who are sick, like mm-hmm. sick people? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: very much. So when I like back in Pakistan, even too, like we have. Um, very few uh, Sikh people and in fact the founder of Sikhism is Guru Nanak whose temple is still in Pakistan and people still go and pay their pilgrimages to him uh, in Pakistan Uh, so we we still have few and then of course through Bollywood movies like the faith is basically shared uh, just to see how, what they believe and what sort of practices they have and then of course coming out to Abbotsford was a great health um, I just able, was able to connect with all my Punjabi friends and uh, able to ask them, hey, what do you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? And how do you do all these certain things or practices that you have even at the temple or at home? And then reading uh, on Sikhism and watching a few documentaries as well. So, uh, anyway, but then basically now it's more like my daily encounter with people uh, about their faith and just kind of engaging back and forth like what they do when they go to the Sikh temple, for example.
1: Right, so what would be, for somebody who's never met somebody who's Sikh, what, what, what are some of the like the core notes or uh, the core principles of Sikhism?
0: Foundational is that they, they're very monotheistic, meaning believe in one God. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny because the founder, Guru Nanak, who was born in 1469, when he was uh, he, from a Hindu family, and then he saw that meant uh, my uh, group of people, Hindu, Uh, referring to the Hindu people, like they have millions of gods, and I have no idea which one to worship or which one to follow now, because if I follow one, would the other one be offended? Right? You have the fear then. So his whole desire was like, I want to know this. If there is one true God, I want to, to know him, I want to try to find him. So he would often leave his family and just go into the fields and just try to meditate and just try to find God in his ways and also and then later on like when he realized like there's actually one true God there are not multiple gods like in Hinduism they have he realized that you know we need to do something because often people are confused and they have no idea and it also uh, was that he himself like his personal desire in fact in one of his prayers he asked this is what his prayer is he's like have mercy on me O God if i have thee i have everything right So it's like very earnest honest prayer that he's asking like i have Thee, i have everything have mercy on me like i am not a god although some sick people would now like think he was god but he okay. himself said that he's not god so anyway right. um so some of the core principles like like i said they believe in one god they encourage to remember god earn honestly and share with others these are the main principles and along with that they encourage to avoid five vices or five enemies they will call it, which is lust, greed, attachment to the things of this world and ego and so on. Um so like if you do all these things and on top of that meditate on the name of God and chant his name, uh you are a good Sikh person.
1: There's pieces to Sikhism that the monotheistic mm-hmm. religion that, you know, as Christians we we share that, uh, that view of God. Um, and I find it quite interesting that it's a response from Hinduism. There's a response of, um, like, hey, this isn't working. Um, let me try and understand God in another light or in another way. And so I'm curious, what are some of the natural ebbs and flows of somebody who is a Sikh person in their religion? What, like, what is their daily routine?
0: The uh, n- number one thing that they would, um, I'm talking, first of all, of the first generation people, they would uh, go to the temple and do their prayer. They will go uh, in the temple and bow before the book, which, which is called the Guru Granth Sahib. That's their holy book. Uh, so they will bow before the book, and then uh, they will sit there and hear what's being sung or being read, and they will just meditate quietly. It could be five minutes, ten minutes, and uh, off they go. Or if they cannot go to the temple, they would do it at home because they have a smaller version of the holy book uh, which is called gutka uh, which you uh, will not even get into that (laughs) it's let's just say a smaller version of that kind of like you know instead of having a whole bible you just have like the gospel of john for example Mm, or new testament home that's the equivalent here Uh, so that they will try to read that uh, at home and just do their prayers and just try to understand as far as the second generation, most of the people, uh, because they're born and raised here, they're very Western, and they, they don't go to the temple. They don't even read or do their prayers. They just do it because, or uh, they go to the temple time to time just because the parents make them do it, yeah. or they do it just to make parents uh, happy. So, I mean, it's just the same thing like in Christian, like mm-hmm. a church too. Like, hey, it's Christmas time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I really don't want to go to church, but sure, I'll do it. Cause you like it right uh so so that that's uh the routine basically so that would a have.
1: devout follower of sikhism go every week or yes yeah, they will yeah. try
0: to go every day oh wow. uh, it depends on the person like if it's an older person who has more time he or she would go uh, regularly every day and maybe be there like few times because remember the core values are like remembering god serving and sharing and earning honestly. Uh, all these and then they will go into the temple and serve to and then also just uh, be in, in in quotation, for example, be in the presence of God um, and just be there and just meditate and reflect uh, and all sort of stuff so so they they do that.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm curious I, I have a question that i I'm curious to hear the response or uh, what your views are, but uh, they could be asked both ways. How do most people in the Sikh religion view Christians? And in which way do you think most Christians, generally, most Christians view Sikhism?
0: Yeah. So let's do the other one first, the first part. How do the Sikh people view Christians Mm -hmm. uh, or the Christian faith? Uh, Most of them respect just because the history of Christian faith, because it's one of the oldest uh, faith or belief or religion in the world, and they they respect, they respect, Respect Jesus uh, as we do, but they disagree uh, politely, as they say. Yeah. We politely disagree, or uh, that Jesus is not Son of God, mm-hmm. right? So that they, they will disagree with that. Uh, otherwise, they just they like people because they think that you guys are good people. You desire to know God. You try to follow His ways.
1: When you say that, as you say that, I think I'm reminded of the passage where Jesus says. You know, people will know that you're my followers based right. on how you love one another. Exactly. And it's the same thing that is well, the yeah. example. So, how do you, most Christians then, in reciprocal, how do most Christians view Sikhism?
0: Well, most Christians are, uh, they view them. So, here's, here's a couple things though. Number one is that mo- they may not know that they believe in one God because they think like they have multiple gods, right? Because often uh, the Sikh people even. Uh, they would go to the Hindu temple and the Sikh temple because like, cover your bases basically, right? right? right. And the, the Christians are confused then like, hey, I understand that you, it's said in your book that uh, you believe in one God, but at the same time I see you doing everything else and following other gods as well. So, so they'd be confused or that they would have the desire to connect and follow uh, or just engage with them, but they, they're afraid that they may offend them in one way or the other, because either there's a language barrier or they don't know much about the faith. Um, so so there's that. But there are some people who are really outgoing people. They're like, hey, I don't know the language. I don't know the faith, but I'm just going to go hang out with you, engage with you uh, and ask you questions about who you are and what you believe. And I think that's probably one of the best ways to go about Though I could give you other examples. There's one of our neighbors, the Sikh family, husband and wife, were walking to Millik Park in Abbotsford, and they, um, the husband had his, uh, pro, his ankle problem. He was limping, and this um, a, a woman, a Christian woman, who was walking and saw this guy in pain. He really wanted to go for a walk with his wife, but just mm. in pain, and she stopped and offered to pray in, in the name of Jesus. And she's like, hey, can I pray for you? Um, and he was like, oh, uh, no. But his wife's like, yes, please, please do that. Anyway, I stood there, started praying, and this Christian woman took off one way, and this couple just going the opposite direction, yeah, right? Yeah. And like within a minute as he started walking, he's not limping anymore. Uh, it was instant, immediate healing right there. And she told her husband, we need to find this woman who she is, right? Like, <laughs> like what's going on here, right? Yeah. Because you're in pain, and now you're not, and you're walking fine. And husband's attitude was like, ah oh, no, it's okay, whatever, it's just probably it's normal. Yeah. Just not hurting as bad as it's mm. before. She's like, No, there's something more to that. Anyway, she insisted they ended up basically going around, ended up meeting halfway through and then she tells me that I met this woman, Emil Lake, and I asked her, like, hey, so wh- like who did you pray to? She's like, I prayed to Jesus. Can you tell me more about it? So therefore a Christian showing care and representing Christ uh, was huge uh, for for this woman and for other too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I, that strikes me, in, even in the conversation that we've had, is the language that you've used regarding like representing Christ. As a follower of Jesus, you want to make an impact in the world. You want to love people. You want to make a difference. Represent Jesus well. Totally.
0: Um. In fact, one of the complaints from one of the sick leaders was that the Christians try to force their faith on us. They they evangelize. We don't, but they, they force their way into our lives. Right after that, he shares a story of his sister-in-law, uh, who is in the East, and he's like, she and her family are Christian now, just because they were shown love and care by the Christian people. They did not basically force their faith, Christian faith, on my sister-in-law, and I often find that fascinating because it, it was their genuine love and care that that basically drew them to Jesus. But I find it annoying uh, that when people just try to kind of force us into that, oh, no, you have to believe or you're going to hell. What? Well, Right, so they had then they have questions and stuff yeah. about that too. So. so,
1: how would you encourage someone? I, I'd be curious. Like, how would you encourage someone who, where, when we read in Scripture, we see Jesus, you know, instructing people like, go and make disciples, make disciples, yeah. and uh, even Paul would say like, Hey, be ready to give an answer in and out of season for your faith. Like, so it's important to share the good news of the gospel and to be able to do that, and then also holding the intention that, well, I also need to balance how I live. And because in, in Scripture, we see both those actually encouragements. And I would even probably say more than an encouragement, the kind of the command, the the direction of, hey, go and do likewise, go and do these things. And so how could a follower of Christ do this tactfully, do this well with people who are following Sikhism?
0: Well, I, I, th- I think personally that, that, yes, there are times when you have to, you're given the opportunity by the Holy Spirit, to speak in someone's life directly and just preach it, the command that you're given, like, hey, I I need to do it because I know you can hear. But if I meet you for the first time in this 21st century world, hey, Ryan, you are a Christian. I think you are wrong in what you believe. Uh, let me tell you what I believe, and I think that's what you should. What would be your response to that? Oh, yeah, I'd get defensive. I'd be right. Like, excuse me? Right, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I think in the same way, for people of other faith, they, they will react that way too. Mm-hmm. Now, if I use an approach like, I get to know you. Hey, Ryan, I heard that you play soccer. Uh, tell me more about that. Like, do you play regularly? Do you, do you like, also sorts start trying to get to know you first. And uh, you'd be like, man, uh, this guy's showing care or interest in my life. And then I earn your trust slowly. Then you will give me your ears to hear, basically, because then I can speak into your life and you're like, okay, yeah. Even though I disagree, but I can still hear you, mm-hmm. right? Do, do, do you see the differences yeah. here in both approaches here yeah. too? However, um, when you, I guess, do mission trips and stuff like that, like, okay, basically you go and boom, you, you, you just preach the gospel and you try your best and leave the rest to God, mm-hmm. uh, right? So, so it's one of those complicated things, um, like, even like, so, so like, the one example, uh, John 4, for example. The Samaritan woman, Jesus meeting her at the well and encounter, hey, give me some drink, give me water. And she's like, well, you don't have anything to draw water. Well, and then, of course, the conversation goes on and on. And basically, Jesus is very direct with her in that situation. Now, you use that passage, and now you compare that to another passage, Acts 17, for example. When Paul is waiting for his friends in Athens in Acts 17, uh, he basically, he's like, I'm waiting here. I got time now. Uh, I see the people are religious in every ways. I I can find some sort of common connections, right? So he basically sees this uh, this sign of unknown God. And then he's like, well, I could go and tell them all about that. Also what I believe. But then, hey, let me tell you basically about this unknown God, but then also quoting their philosophers and all their poets and everyone. Mm -hmm. So engaging with them from their level versus let me tell you basically my theology and what I believe, and I think I am right, right? have to kind of find the balance here. I'm not sure if I've given you much well, of a I, direct answer here. Yeah, I think... Uh, you just have to be... You have to know who know you're talking exactly. to. Right? And I think yeah.
1: that's one of the reasons why you know, this conversation is so important, understanding different world religions, mm-hmm. understanding where different people are coming from, because you, know, you walk into an environment that you're unfamiliar with, maybe their story, their values, what they believe, and why they believe it. And you come in and you tell them, hey, by the way, that's all wrong. That might be true that it's all wrong. Only. And if we're in the Christian faith, it is true that all these other religions are an attempt at, yeah, trying to find God. And you know, we read in in John that you know, Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." There's an exclusivity to the gospel. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you need to be a jerk about it.
0: I mean, like you like you quoted earlier, like that they will know. This is how they will know that you're my true disciples if you love one another. Mm-hmm. Like what wow, we can do that because if someone's like, hey, please don't tell me what you believe and that I am wrong and you're right. I don't want to hear about this. I'd love to be friends with you, right? Yeah. If that's the case, like, okay, let's use that as an, uh, that as an opportunity to engage with someone. Because I, I think, I said in the past a few other settings as well, that we we try to we try to treat people as a project rather than friends Right? Because if you're trying to treat them a project, hey, I got to do my thing, I got to get on my chest, I got to convert them or whatever the, the mm-hmm. case is, and I got to move on. If you become a friend, it, it goes way long and uh, far, far away. right? Mm-hmm. Then, then there's uh, continued discipleship happening there. Right.
1: And Ron, when you say that, it makes me, makes me happy. I, I, many of the listeners would know that I'm a young adults pastor. And uh, one of our values as a young adult ministry is people don't equal projects. And it's the equal sign with a little line through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's this fact, this value of people are not projects, they're people. Totally. And all throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus having a conversation with people, loving them for who they are, where they're at, and inviting them to follow him. And I think in all of this, what I'm hearing is this invitation to say, kind of like, hey, come follow me as I follow Christ. No one's going to follow you if they don't know you, if they don't trust you. And trust is built in that place of caring for others, listening to them, hearing them out. And so I think this conversation is an important one. And one of the, maybe as we look to wrapping things up here, for those who are in the faith and for those who are wanting to care for and engage with people of different worldviews and backgrounds and wanting to encourage them to meet Jesus how would you best encourage them to maintain the strength in their faith?
0: I th- I think number 1 basically is like you have to uh be rooted in the word, uh the word uh, regardless um whatever you're doing um and especially and then uh, praying and trusting in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the lines I often use uh and uh, I've been challenged to use or, like, this is not my thing, my work. God, accomplish your purpose through our time together. It's not my what I'm, I'm hoping to achieve. Accomplish your purpose in my time together with so-and-so. Or what am I going to do, even whether am, am I, I'm in the university or other places too. By doing that, you are relying on God. God, it's not me. It's you. Uh, who's doing this and it's your work so why I, I'm just here basically because you put me here so use me in whatever way you want me to be used but at the same time accomplish your purpose so when I think when I do that then I'm like okay relying on God hey I have no idea how to answer someone's question if someone asks me a question because I may not know the answer and that's often the case for me too I get to ask like some of the questions that I, I don't even think about, that, right. and that's when like I get run to God. God, I don't know.
1: Right, right.
0: Pff, help me out. So the practical just leaning on God and trusting Him and that He, by His Holy Spirit, will guide and direct us and give us the words to say, and He's promised that. That's probably one of the number one. There's no magic formula here that, hey, right. you should do this and you will be a successful evangelist or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. Oh, young adults, passive. But no, it's just this like daily thing.
1: This has been great. Is there anything, Imran, that you we haven't touched on that you're like, oh, I really wanted to get to this little?
0: No, uh, I would basically simply uh, encourage and say this that like try to find some of the common connections in, in the Sikh faith, uh, what they believe and how they go about their belief. Uh, like, what are some of the commonalities or similarities that they have uh, with Christian faith, and try to use them as a bridge to bring them into the Bible, if that makes sense though, right? Because at the end, like, you, you, that, that's the whole goal here, that you want them to know Jesus and follow him. So do that, try to find the common connection, try to know more about that, uh, but they just don't have a head knowledge, you know what I mean? Just, just try like, okay, you may learn things from them, be open. My other thing is just like, people are very hospitable in Indian culture. So if you get to know someone, uh, you, establish that friendship or relationship, you end up becoming a part of the family, right? So that this is how it goes. So why not take advantage of that? Like, hey, um, I really, like, and if you're really intrigued by the culture, like, hey, I would love to learn about that. Can we hang out? Mm-hmm. Right? It's just a simple question. Like, I'm not going to force anything on you. I just want simply want to get to know you and just how you guys go about your culture and how you do things in your family and things like that. Just just practical mm-hmm. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then leave the rest on God. Like, God, I'm not here to convert this person because that's your goal. I'm just simply here to hang out. So accomplish your purpose again,
1: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah. is amazing. Imran, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for all the insight that you have. And you know, I, I think of the work that you're doing at Northview and I'm so grateful that you know, we have people like you in our family of faith who can help us, help me, the rest of us, understand different layers to other people's perspectives. And so thank you so much for helping us today. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, thanks Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode with Imran Daniel. You know, even as we've looked into having this conversation, it's so important for us as followers of Jesus, to understand when we rub shoulders with people in our classes or at work who have different values and different beliefs that they uphold, how do we communicate the gospel of who Jesus is to them? And oftentimes we need people like Imran who have had experience and and have lived with people who have different values than we do as followers of Jesus and learn from him. And so uh, I hope that today you are able to learn and hear from Imran and gather some information of how you can love and support people who are in your life that are uh, following the Sikh religion and then also to be able to speak the truth of the gospel to them and invite them into a relationship with God, the Father of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to find out more about In Doubt, you can go to indoubt.ca if you're in Canada, and indoubt.com if you're in the United States. Download our app and follow us for social media updates. We would love to hear from you as well. And make sure you tune in for next week's episode as we talk with Alison Stevens, who is a psychologist and the clinical director at Wagner Hills. Thanks so much for listening this week, and I hope that you join us next week.
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, or visit us online at indoubt.ca or Indout.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.